0: Hey everybody, welcome to episode 27 of Reiki Mirai called Reiki Principles Uncapped, A Shamanic Perspective. I'm Jane Goodsir, your host. Festive blessings to everybody. I hope you're all feeling exactly the way that you loved it over this festive period. I'm recording this in December 2023 for anybody listening back. going to dive straight in. Generally, Reiki Principles are taught as mantras. To help guide your thoughts, your actions on the daily. To promote spiritual and personal growth. Helping you live a more balanced, healthy, fulfilling life. Now, for me, when I was learning Usa Vee Reiki, I integrated them as affirmations rather than mantras. I just had an interesting conversation earlier on this evening with colleagues about the difference between affirmations and mantras because they are slightly different An affirmation is a statement that supports something mantra is a word or a sound that is repeated often to add to that, mantra is an eastern religion thing, the earliest mention of mantras are found in the Vedas of ancient India and the Avesta of ancient Iran affirmations is a new age spirituality thing both affirmations and mantras can be used to support and encourage positive thinking, I'm going to come back to positive thinking Now, there is no right and wrong way to integrate any Reiki principles or any principle, technique, tool, whatever it might be. There is no right and wrong way to integrate that for you in your way, for you in your own unique individual life. Affirmations is the route that I chose to go down at that time. And using Reiki principles in the way I did as affirmations, I saw some success for a while. I felt more peaceful for sure now for me those Reiki principles I used as affirmations were great for my mental health my mental body but that's only one part of the process you know when you say I know I shouldn't be bothered by what that person thinks about me but I am I totally feel that that there highlights the difference between the mental body mental health and the emotional body emotional health And tools for your mental body mental health. Though often a really vital and great cog in the wheel won't always take you a feeling how you want it on a consistent everyday basis, having that emotional body connection. And that was never really explained to me. The principles I was given and I was told to use them to welcome Reiki into my life and allow that to flow more freely. Now what I've just said there isn't from a shamanic perspective particularly accurate but that's a bigger chunk and i'm going to leave that for another another day shamanism is about enhancing my reality not escaping or avoiding it so any practice technique tool that i use as well as being simple effective relatively quick to fit into my busy daily life is has got to enhance my every day how i'm feeling how i'm living Given that, I'm going to take you through the five principles and give you my thoughts for you to consider on each of them. What I love, what I change up, what I wish someone had drawn my attention to with them to allow them to impact in the most effective way they possibly could. They all begin with just for today. And I love that. Bringing awareness, conscious, consciousness, intentional focus into the now, the present, becoming much more aware Over in-the-moment thoughts, feelings, emotions, actions, reactions, so on. And that's a great first step for me, cognitive awareness. From there, we can go on to explore under the surface level stuff, examine the drivers. And that is where how we feel will start to to change on that consistent basis, tending to the emotional body. The first Reiki principle, just for today, I will not worry. Or something similar. These five principles, by and large, are very similar. Maybe slightly slightly different words here and there. Now, I've got, I've pulled out various different books that I'm going to read you bits out of and I'll put details of those in the podcast notes if you want to go on and do some further reading. I'll tell you, I've never been so delighted in my life that I'm a highlighter of books. Is anybody else a highlighter of books? Ask this over... On my Instagram page, I've asked twice in my stories, does anybody else highlight a really good book and write notes to themselves in it? And the majority of people are like, no, that's really strange, Jane. Maria also thinks it's really strange. Reach out to me, let me know my new Instagram handle. I've changed it from at Firehearted Life to at Shamanic Reiki UK. I'd love to connect with you. Chat team more over there. So anyway, getting back to just for today, I will not worry. The American Psychological Association defines anxiety as an emotion characterised by feelings of tension, worried thoughts and physical changes like increased blood pressure. So an intolerance for uncertainty is an important contributing factor to all types of anxiety. Those of us who are generally uncomfortable with uncertainty and that was me to the highest extent for so many years, are more likely to experience anxiety in specific situations as well as, and it goes on to name other times as well, but we're going to focus on that first part in the podcast today. Anxiety often leads to one of two coping mechanisms, worry or avoidance. Neither of them effective. Worrying and anxiety go together, but worry is not An emotion. It's the thinking part of anxiety. Worry is described as a chain of negative thoughts about bad things that might happen in the future. I'm going to read you an excerpt from Brené Brown, Atlas of the Heart, and it's about the research that she has contained within this book. What really got me about worry, about the worry research, is that those of us with a tendency to worry believe it is helpful for coping, it isn't. Believe that it is uncontrollable, which means we don't try to stop worrying and try to suppress worry thoughts, which actually strengthens and reinforces worry. I'm not suggesting that we worry about worry, but it is helpful to recognise that worrying is not a helpful coping mechanism that we can absolutely learn how to control it and that rather than suppress and worry we need to dig into and address the emotion driving the thinking. So a couple of things there to consider under that principle. If you're using Just for Today I Will Not Worry it will absolutely help to sever that chain of negative thoughts about bad things that might happen in the future. However, the important part to feel differently on a consistent basis is that we need to dig into and address the emotion driving the thinking. So if you've been using that principle, I will not worry, and you're still feeling like you're not quite there for it, or, it, or it's been capped for you, then taking a little scratch and starting there, digging into and addressing the emotion driving the thinking could be particularly useful for you. It certainly was for me and I wish that that had been pointed out to me way back. But we're talking nearly 10 years ago now when I first trained in Usoiriki at that time. So the second principle, just for today, I will not anger. Now let me find my. I've written down the pages. And here we are. Anger is what's called a full contact emotion because it activates our nervous system and can hijack our thoughts and behaviours. It can take a real toll on our mental and physical health. Researchers, again I'm putting this in the podcast notes, explain that regulating and coping with anger rather than Holding on to or expressing chronic anger is crucial for the health of our brain. It reduces psychiatric problems and other organs in the body. There's also an interesting biological component to anger. A substantial amount of research indicates that a propensity for anger and aggression is partic- as is partially hereditary, but the specific gene locations have not yet been identified thought that was pretty interesting so I thought I'd add that in there at the end so behind anger could be fear rejection anxiety frustration shame guilt jealousy isolation overwhelming stress outrage injustice helplessness a whole host of things anger's a catalyst holding on to it it's going to make us exhausted and sick internalising anger is going to take away our joy and spirit externalising anger is going to make us less effective and our attempts to create change and forge connection. It's an emotion that we need to transform into something life-giving, like courage, love, change, compassion, justice. And I feel it's important that we don't suppress anger. We want to recognize it exists as a valid emotion and be able to explore that anger and be able to express anger in a healthy way which I'm sure I've spoken about before in the podcast as so many people grew up with a healthy display of anger being shown to them by a, a role model, a caregiver and I've not ever had anyone say to me, yeah that was me I, I had that when, when I was growing up I would change that principle to just for today anger is the mask behind which real change lies in principle number three Just for today, I will be grateful or similar. Gratitude practice used to literally, used to make me boke. I wanted to, although this wasn't conscious, I wanted to righteously hang on to being stuck, holding myself where I was, not being able to see or feel grateful, especially in the small moments that really matter. And it felt very vulnerable on the inside to, to... to be vulnerable with myself and allowing myself to really experience that sense of gratitude. So I mentioned before positive thinking, positive thoughts. So I want to come back to this just now. I want to talk about toxic positivity. So toxic positivity is the assumption by you or other people that despite a person's or your own emotional pain or challenging situation, a positive mindset should be found regardless. With toxic positivity, negative feelings are seen as bad. And that's not the case. No feelings are bad. All feelings are valid. Gratitude is massively important, but gratitude won't help you if you are suppressing negative feelings at the same time. So for example, you can absolutely be grateful, be having a rough day, and you are allowed to acknowledge that. Again, what I'm saying here is if you are gratitude practising hard and you are still not feeling it, consider toxic positivity and where that sits for you in your life. And you might find that being grateful just for today isn't capped quite so much for you. Now, it just comes straight in there. They need to clarify something. So let me just see what's needed done here. Ah, yes. All feelings are valid. Mm -hmm. So... All feelings are valid. It is important that feelings, to be able to be, be expressed in a constructive and healthy way, are explored below surface level. That's the important part. The examining and not just leaving them to run amok. Anybody can spout out, all feelings are valid, my feelings are valid. The pivotal thing are is to be able just to take a moment and reflect a little bit more deeply on those feelings. Next. Just for today, I will do my work honestly. And I love this one because it's, it's really deep. It's beautiful. The dictionary definition of honest is free of deceit truthful and sincere. And I trust and hold on to faith every day that every single person going out to do and doing a job does that every day with honesty and integrity as well, recognising if they've become apathetic or jaded in their current role and it's time to make move towards something that just lights them up a little bit more. I'm speaking more generally here than just Reiki practitioner specific, of course. Behind this principle, it's saying to me, I can only work honestly so far as I can be honest with myself. So far as I know myself, my triggers, my unconscious drivers, my shadow, the shaping who I am, how I interact, who I show up as. So for me, it's not about me saying, oh yes, I do work very honestly, because let's be honest, who's going to say that they don't, right? But moreover, it's about understanding that who I am impacts my clients. And committing to my own healing so that I can work as honestly as I possibly can. And I can be sure of that because I'm really dedicated and committed to my self-exploration my personal growth. And the last principle, just for today, I will be kind to every living thing. Absolutely. We hope, we want to be kind to every single living thing. You might have heard me speak before about shamanism and my belief that everything has a spirit and that there is no hierarchy, no animal is more or less important than me as a human. That said, in trying to be kind, how are your personal boundaries? Because you can still be very kind and have solid boundaries. So that you have great and vibrant personal energy and value your own worth. You can be kind and say something to somebody that might hurt them. It's not unkind because it hurts them if it's been considered an unnecessary thing for you to address with them. How they receive that isn't for you to get wrapped up in. That's not yours. You can be kind without taking over responsibility for someone else's feelings. You're responsible for you. They're responsible for them. So you see from those tiny few examples... That especially as a female or those presenting as raised in a modern day Western society, kindness often, in my experience, looks like sacrificing oneself in order to be kind to others. And that can often be seen as a positive thing in our society for sure. So here I think that it's important to learn and it's definitely a learning to be kind to yourself. To be able to be compassionate to yourself. I'll never forget my teacher saying to me in a one-to-one healing session a good while ago, Jane, how's your compassion? And I said, oh, it's brilliant. I'm great. I've got lots of compassion for other people. And she said, no. How's your compassion for yourself? And you know, the more I go on, an, on a spiritual path, the more I learn about myself, the more I grow at, at what feels right now like a very, very rapid rate, I think to myself that just it, it continues to to take on new meaning for me. Because for me, I can only understand someone else so far as I can understand myself. I can only have compassion and kindness for someone else so far as I can show that, that I have that for myself. Otherwise, where's it coming from? Is that kindness and compassion coming from a genuine place or is it not? and interest in what I think about. I would change that last principle to just for today. I will be kind to myself and every living thing. Love to hear your thoughts and your feedback on this podcast. You can catch me over at, at Shamanic Reiki UK on Instagram. If you've got any questions or share ins, I'll take them over there as well. Really, really enjoy your questions and your share and spawn for the from the the podcast. Also. Last podcast of 2023, so massive thank you for continuing to be here with me. Like, I'm so hugely appreciative and grateful of that. Um, If you would like anything covered in any podcast in 2024, reach out to me on my social platforms and ask. I'm so happy and so willing to do that. You can win a free online shamanic healing with me worth £70. I hit 3,000 listens last week at some point, so I'm giving away a free online shamanic healing For every thousand listens up to ten thousand all you need to do is head over to at shamanic reiki uk instagram page head to the pin post tell me which podcast episode you've listened to and your biggest takeaway from that and again this week in the podcast notes I've put a link and you can fill that short survey out and be entered into a draw to win a free spot in my upcoming online course for reiki practitioners worth £299 okay Until next time, and we connect again. I hope you take care. Chat to you soon.